So you've decided to do a PhD, whether you're just applying a few months in or the dreaded thesis write-up is on the horizon, you'll probably be thinking about what to do next. There often seems to be a dichotomy in the post-PhD life. Do I stay in academia or do I take the leap into industry? It seems that around 60% of PhD students end up in some kind of industry role. If you're erring on this side of the fence, you might be wondering, what are my options? Will my topics or skills be relevant? Is there a chance for collaboration? What even is industry? In this mini-series, we speak to interviewees who might just have the answers to some of these questions. In this fourth episode, I chatted to Mark Lefebvre, Head of Research and Development at Siemens Health and Ears, a global medical technology company pioneering innovative breakthroughs in the healthcare space. With over seven years' experience in this role, Mark lets us in on what companies like this are really looking for when recruiting, what skills you can capitalise on from your PhD, and how to land that dream job in a specialist or non-specialist role in the medtech industry. Mark, maybe you could start by introducing yourself, please, and telling us what you do. Yes, sure. So my name's Mark Lefebvre. I work for Siemens Health and Ears, which is the healthcare arm of the bigger Siemens um, global umbrella companies. I think you probably all know. Uh, and I particularly work for the MR business line, which is uh, the magnetic resonance business line. So we we are responsible for the design and manufacture of MRI systems that go into hospitals around the world. Our business line is um, split onto three different headquarters sites. So we've got one one here in Oxford. We've got one in uh, in Erlangen in Germany and one in Shenzhen in China. And uh, so our, our particular uh, responsibility here in Oxford is the design and manufacture of the superconducting magnets, which is a keystone component within the MR system. So we we, we essentially create the magnetic field, which makes the um, MR technology possible. And what does a typical day in your role look like? Obviously, it may be slightly different uh, during these times, but in general, what does a typical day look like for you? My my focus is collaboration. So as I said, we're on three sites. We've got several uh, hundred people globally um, in our in our R and D business, and our sort of global vision is to create new products uh, to essentially enable um, better accessibility of MR technology to to people around the world. So sadly, still about only one in eight people have got access to MRI. So our sort of um, our our vision, let's say, is to to reach the next billion people. We do that through our our collaboration, our our innovation, and bringing that innovation into the market. And so we have a portfolio of projects that we that we manage, and those projects essentially are vehicles for delivering the innovation into the market to kind of realise this global vision to improve uh, accessibility of, of MR technology. So I guess maybe a short answer is a lot of meetings would be my my daily kind of tasks coordinating people, ensuring that the right people are, are focusing on the right things and removing problems and blockers to help those people do their jobs most effectively. That would be my primary focus. Great. And so we know that as part of your role, you recruit uh, for new positions within the company. Um, so let's talk a bit about that. What type of roles do you recruit for? Yes. Okay. So here in Oxford, as I said, we we responsible for the, the superconducting magnet. So within the magnet, there's a vast range of sort of technical areas. So we would recruit for people in um, material sciences, for example, of course, general engineering, mechanical engineering, um, electrical engineering, of course. We actually work with uh, liquid helium. So um, that's uh, we need to work at four degrees Kelvin for superconductivity to work. 
So we need cryogenicists, uh, we need uh, physicists, uh, we need designers to actually design the products that we use. We need project managers to to help us get the project through the business uh, and manage the complexity. And more and more now, digitalization is becoming a huge part of what we do. Um, so we need to control um, this complex system together with the MR system that created in China and Erlangen. So we need uh, embedded software engineers, data analysts, uh, computer scientists. We're, we're investing in AI and machine learning as well to try to um, understand our production and info data and, and allow that to improve our designs going forward as well. So it's quite a, quite a range of disciplines, I suppose, that we would recruit for. Yeah, thank you. Definitely, definitely a wide range. Um, and I guess what our listeners probably will be wondering is, do these roles always require uh, a PhD? Do you, do you only recruit postdocs? And also a follow up to that, obviously, you mentioned that you, you need kind of general engineers, physicists and data analysts. They are quite, apart from data analysts, they're, they're quite specific PhD topics. Um, and so do you have a difference between um, recruiting for specific topic areas and just recruiting people who have PhDs in general fields? So just to answer your first point, um, we, we don't only recruit um, people with PhDs. Um, I'd say uh, we probably have maybe 20% of our department, possibly more, have, have PhDs. And they're, they're generally our, our specialist roles, generally graduates. So I, I think we would uh, look to recruit technical graduates in our particular department. And they would come uh, through various different um, internship programs, uh, graduate programs. Uh, and go in at, at a graduate level um, and a PhD postdoc would probably come in at a slightly higher level than that and we would look for a, a postdoc at a number of levels so firstly you mentioned does it have to align with their particular uh, PhD subject so we do have uh, uh, postdocs who have come into the business mainly because we've sponsored them so and we've sponsored them because their subject aligns with our our needs. So that's a natural fit. Nevertheless, when they come into our business, they often broaden their their, their scope quite considerably. And so it's really just a call it a, an entry criteria. Somebody who who knows an aspect of our business and and, and proven uh, interest in that area. But when they come into the business, they would they would definitely be expected to to broaden in terms of where their interests lie and their skills lie. Uh, but we also would bring in um, postdocs who don't necessarily have any link at all to our business, but they have transferable skill sets uh, and they've they've proven their capabilities at, at, at this higher educational level. So clearly applied to a different, slightly different area, they're going to succeed as well. So it doesn't have to be an identical subject to something that, that we do on day to day level. And that's uh, my next question. So what skills are you specifically looking for in postdocs, whether these are research specific or the more transferable skills? I'm not sure if I could say which one we would look for more than the other. Um, I think we would recruit people who don't have specific skill set if they show the right transferable characteristics. And the sort of characteristics that we're interested in is people who can essentially take a very complex situation and think their way independently through this, through that environment. So clear, structured thinkers. Generally, people who do PhDs are people who aren't afraid of a white, the white paper, let's say, the, the blank space. They're not afraid to, to change the norm, to, to think around very complex situations and come to a conclusion. Not necessarily just through themselves, but collaboration with external partners. 
essentially to gather information in a in a really structured way to prove or disprove a hypothesis and and find ultimately a solution that's the driving force for our innovation um we we create very complex systems and we need people who can think through new ideas how will it work what's the ramifications um this way that way what are the problems how do we work through the problems and and realize this new idea into product or a new market requirement i think it's this structured thinking if i could sort of uh, summarize it in in one or two words is something that a phd student would bring to us if that happens to have the advantage of the particular subject area being relevant to what we do then that's of course that's great um the sort of areas we have sponsored in the past and or we have recruited in the past or sort of areas of advanced material sciences sort of multi physics modeling because as i said digitalization is something becoming more and more important to us and the data side of things using data more effectively um there's a number of of phd's out there looking at this and machine learning algorithms to try to make sense of this jungle of data that that we have so if those areas are being studied then of course they would be of interest and that would be an added value to us for sure yeah it makes a lot of sense thank you uh and i guess we kind of covered this already but I guess the reason why I asked this is because so myself and Nicole um and Carolyn our other co-hosts we're at the Institute of Psychiatry so we're a little bit more social science health science esque and so I'm just thinking um if it was more um health related or social science related but I was really interested in coming to work for a company like yours afterwards would it be in a more like project management type role then how would you see um or would you see people with those types of phd fitting into the company Yeah I mean the honest answer for for our business particularly in Oxford so we're a, we're a component manufacturer um it's a big component but nevertheless so so our end customer focus is a little bit weaker than than our other sites in China or in Erlangen where they they create the end customer product uh, and they're interfacing directly with the consumer or the customer and so they have an area called product management where you're really discussing the needs of the customer uh, the use cases of the equipment the hmi the human and machine interfaces um, the psychology of using it um improving the workflow of using it with the customer so there's a um i'd say the closer you are to the customer uh, and and satisfying the needs um of the customer that's where you you'd need the say the, the more social science element to it or, or even the marketing you know or the economics or business management so we have a slightly le- uh, slightly lower focus on that we're, we're a bit more technically focused but um if you're looking in a wider context a business like ours where you look towards the customer then definitely social science type uh, research is is uh, required thank you that was really interesting to know that Yeah, thank you. Um and so I don't know if you can talk on this topic, but are you actually interviewing the people? I'm assuming you are, right? I do. Um I have a, a number of uh, managers who would probably also interview maybe before me, but I I do get to see a, a selection of people, yes, for sure. Okay. Um so yeah, so then my actual question, do you kind of ask the people who have a PhD why they want to leave academia and go into industry and if so, what are the reasons that they usually tell you? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know if it's everybody would say this but i often hear um the term i want to get into the real world and I, i don't really know what the real world is i don't think academia is not real but 
uh, my interpretation uh, listening to them is that the academic research is often at the very much the front end of innovation let's call it so really uh, the white space creating new ideas you know breaking limits etc and then i think in terms of a practical application of that innovation I think that's where industry starts to step in and um, some people they want to test out they want to try they want to see their ideas come into fruition um, affect the market um, see them in uh, with consumers etc so i think that's that's my interpretation of what they're after having said that a number of people simply say it was their plan all along um, and they wanted to do the phd to prove themselves academically um, and to you know, further their education. And then their goal was to move into industry. So it's a natural progression for them as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely a term you, you hear being bounced around a lot, you know, moving out into the real world. Um, so I can I definitely relate to that. And is it important to you when you're recruiting that uh, the postdocs that you're recruiting have industry experience? I mean, we, we would interview both types of uh, postdocs. Uh, I think probably those who have had industry experience uh, may show a stronger signal that that was their intention all along um, because they've, you know, obviously they've planned it, they've been proactive to to either get sponsorship or, or at least some placements to to sort of uh, to ease the ease the move from academia into industry. Um, but nevertheless, uh, when we have a, an application for a new role and we see CVs coming in, we would, you know, if, if a, a postdoc doesn't have industry experience, it doesn't put us off at all. Um, it's more about the particular person. Um, how they present themselves, uh, what their transferable skills are that we discussed earlier, than the actual experience that they've they've got. But nevertheless, I mean, I would I would encourage it. I think it's I think it's a very much a positive thing to do, even if you're not interested ultimately in going into industry. Um, it could be a test ground for you to to check if this is the right environment for me. But equally, if you if you're sort of on the fence and and you you want to you want to sort of uh, keep your options open, then I think uh, having experience with industry is very useful uh, and it certainly won't do any harm, put it that way, yeah. Thanks, yeah, and I think that leads us on to to the other section that we wanted to, to ask you about, which was the kind of industry um, sponsoring of PhDs and, and kind of industry studentships. So yeah, what, what type of PhD studentships do you sponsor as a company? There's a number of routes that we go through to connect with with PhD students. Um, we have a we have a central in the UK. We have a central coordinator, let's call it, um, who sort of gathers government kind of funded and sponsored uh, schemes. Um, so the government's got a number of different schemes, that any, and Europe has had in the past. I'm not sure what's going to happen after Brexit, but has has pushed forward um, a number of funded um, research areas. And essentially what we do is we look through those funded areas and we say, OK, yes, we're interested in collaborating in this particular um, technical field. And we we have a number of connections with universities um, around the country. Uh, Oxford's one of them. And we would essentially show our interest uh, and try to collaborate because because often you need a industrial partner, you need an academic partner um, and you need a PhD student. And the three the three would apply together for this granted place. Uh, and we're competing with with other industries and other other academic institutions as well to to get this grant. So that's that's certainly one way that we've been successful. We've got um, a number of funded placements that way. And other than that, we would we would do a direct funding of particular students uh, and the university without any any external um, contributions. 
And that would be determined by the particular subject matter. And that would be probably on a case by case basis. We, we've got a particular need for some research. And some of our contacts from the universities have said, look, we've got this student. Can we discuss uh, a match there? So that it's sort of less planned, let's say. It, it happens by chance. And in that case, I would I would encourage students to talk to their supervisors and say, look, is there any chance to get industrial sponsorship here? What what contacts do you have? Um, and I think I think that's where I would encourage the universities to really invest more in in their sort of external focus to say, you know, which companies are around us that could be interested in this technical field as well, and and how can I reach out? So it's it's sort of a it's a two way street there. Yeah, no, it's great to learn more about this because I know when I was looking for my PhDs, I was considering doing an industry sponsored one, but I just didn't really know how it works. So it's great to be able to learn, even though it's a bit late for me now, but I'm sure it'll be beneficial for some other people who are considering doing a PhD. And so what would you say are the kind of key benefits of doing an industry sponsored PhD as opposed to just academic PhD? I mean, I could probably only really talk to the sponsored ones because I haven't seen too many of the purely academic ones. But the the sponsored ones, I think, in my perspective, you get the best of both worlds. So regardless of whether you ultimately want to come into industry, I think um, the the uh, in academia is one with an eye on the ultimate goal. It's an eye on, well, why am I doing this research? And we termed it the real world, but it's uh, the reason we 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 all are trying to break these limits is is to bring this this benefit or this innovation or this new idea into society. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and there's there's many applications of, of these new ideas created in in universities. But nevertheless, the ultimate goal is that we are trying to change the world that we're living in. And I think if it, through an industrial placement you get that uh, immediacy of well, how am I impacting this particular industry I'm working with? How do I need to to change or modify my research to make it even more relevant or even more productionizable or marketable or whatever the application is? So for me, it, I think it's it just keeps reminding this. It would keep reminding the student that actually this is my ultimate goal. I'm trying to make my research relevant uh, and accessible and useful. So it's sort of it's just that added connection with uh, the end goal, I suppose. I have a follow-up question. So do you offer things like internships for people who may already be doing a PhD funded by academia? Can these people still come for a few months or a year to do an internship or is this something they offer more to undergraduates? The honest answer is it's more something we would do for undergraduates, uh, just from my experience, but that could only be because they're the people who approach us for these sort of internships. So for example, if I was approached by um, uh, a PhD student, you know, halfway through um, and they have a particularly relevant uh, topic and they, you know, they sent in a request and they could prove the, the relevance and the kind of mutual benefit there, then then I would I would take that seriously. It's, it's no different from an intern uh, coming in from a graduate course. And in fact, it's better because they've got more experience uh, and potentially, depending on the subject, could be even more relevant. Because um, often it's uh, far more in depth um, and detailed the research going on there. So, whilst I haven't had much experience in it, I think it sounds like a great idea, and I would certainly um, support it. It's good that there is hope for people like us as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, um, like you said about you know you might not have necessarily had much experience in it, but you would be open to someone contacting you. I think is is really great. 
would your advice for this to be for someone to contact a company um, and kind of detail their research and detail what they would maybe expect or like out of an internship with you is that what you would how you would expect them to approach you yeah that's an interesting question i, I think that probably expect uh, approaches from probably two two angles the first angle would be um, most universities have um, already have links with certain industries from the past uh, and i think that's that's often a really good way to connect um the first off so to go through maybe not your own your supervisor per se but other supervisors and uh, might have different industrial connections and that just gives like that gives an entrance into it into a company which i think counts counts a lot because these days um with you know with social media with linkedin that you know I, I get i get a lot of let's call them cold calls a lot of random connections and it's difficult to 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 respond to everyone um when you're getting a uh, hundred plus emails a day so having the uh, the sort of the personal connection already between the university and and the the business helps um i guess the only the only other way is 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 to look for particular job adverts um would be an interesting one so so the question there is what what does a particular industry maybe it's a local industry that you think is relevant what are they looking for what are they what are they working on what skills are they in need of and you could you could contact the, the the business um because you've spotted an advert you're you're doing a phd at the moment however you think you can see a mutual benefit in uh, in kind of working together to providing some some skill that they're looking for uh, together with your research uh, and your you know offering your time as an intern thank you for that that's really useful and thinking about when PhD students are thinking of transitioning into industry, why do you think it's important for universities to invest in uh, industrial training for PhD students? I think it probably goes back to some of my previous comments about making the PhDs and indeed the mindset of the PhD student a bit more relevant to the final application um, of the research. Uh, and I, I think it keeps, uh, keeps universities in check as well. Um, because because uh, their role ultimately is is to create value that that gets out into into the world, so it makes both the university and the student uh, relevant. Obviously, we need to learn from each other, and I think um, universities need to challenge industry in terms of where they're going, what they're thinking, what technologies they're developing, for for sure. So it is it is a two way communication thing, but 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 if you engage in that uh, relationship at the PhD level, then that sort of creates a relationship, I suppose, and, and it allows universities to influence research uh, in industry. Uh, it allows industry to influence research in universities to make it more relevant. So it's, I think it's a win-win situation for, for universities to make that connection, really. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. And your idea of like changing the mindset, I think that's really important from the outset. Um, we spoke to someone else that gave us a stat that upwards of 60% of PhD students do then go through. And for me, at least, I get the feel that a lot of people don't feel that they're kind of worthy or that that's where they're going, even though that's where they're trying to go. So yeah, I think that would be a, a really big step to just changing that mindset. Um, and finally, then, to, to sum up everything that we've talked about, what would be your top tip for a PhD student looking to work in a company like yours when they're finished their PhD? Mm. I'm not sure about the top tip, but I, I, I want just to pick on pick up on a word you just mentioned there um, that 
students might not think that they're worthy, um, which I, which I think uh, is my, my top tip would be not to think that <laughs> for a start, but to understand that they definitely are worthy, that, that actually um, industry craves and needs strong students that are not willing to to compromise on what has just been done before. That's the way we do it. But actually to change things, to to work around problems like I described before, complex thinking, challenge the limits. These are the sort of people who drive uh, industries forward, uh, who create new technology which which affects uh, society. So please, please understand your relevance, your absolute relevance to to us. Uh, and don't be afraid to to push yourself forward. Be confident in the in the research that you're doing, uh, and not just the particular application, but the fact that you are pushing forward research and that transferable skill, you know that that ability to work in the white space is is um, is quite unique. And industry really needs that. Um, so I, I guess a top tip really to be confident, to be confident and passionate in what you're doing, uh, and you know take it from me, we we need you. So, um, so please don't be put off, and and um, and please try and try and find the right industry for you to start in. Thank you. I think aside from anything else, that's just a really nice confidence booster for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Watch this space for future episodes in our PhD to industry mini series. Or why not let us know what you really want to know about moving into industry by getting in touch on Twitter at PhDs underscore podcast.